You're listening to the Lou Stokes Podcast, real and inspiring conversations with individuals from all over the world who have become their own icon. Be inspired to take action and step into your best stylish life. Hey, and welcome to the Loose Soaks podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking to the wonderful and talented Axel Mwafrani. Hi, Axel. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So I know you were born in France. You're a photographer, editor and retoucher. And now you're living in the wonderful Lisbon. But I wondered if you could just expand a little bit and tell us a bit more about you. Uh, well, I always wanted to to do photography and cinema, uh, my big passion since I was a kid, basically. Um, so I studied fashion because I was so interested in, in the whole um, fashion culture and colors and texture and everything like this. So I studied fashion in Paris and then ended up doing photography again just right after my de- degree. And then just by accident kind of fell into fashion photography, of course, like the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For me. <laughs> so that's how I started um, doing fashion photography and, and portraits, creative portraits. And because I wanted to know everything about um, how to process photos, I ended up uh, learning a lot about retouching and then uh, having also a career as a photo retoucher. Wonderful. And how did you get into the industry? Like, what was your first job? Uh, well, I think that after learning photography in the university, uh, I, as I say, I wanted to to learn the whole process, not just taking photos, but uh, the retouching as well. So I really started doing retouching right after my degree. Uh, and I, uh, I had a six-month internship because I really wanted to go deep into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a company called Pardon My French in Paris that specialized in post-production, but also um, production of uh, fashion photography. So Amazing. my first job was that, yeah, as an intern and then a freelancer for them. Nice. So how do you feel like the fashion photography industry has changed since you first started? Uh, well, I think nowadays it's very easy to find the different be types of beauty and not just the general um, type of model that we used to have, which mm-hmm. was, I guess, the blonde Russian, <laughs> very thin, <laughs> very tall. Um, I really love, like, I've seen the last few uh, shows in Paris for fashion for the Fashion Week uh, online, and it's. I think it's very refreshing to see um, different uh, skin tones, different mm-hmm. body shapes, different yeah. ages as well. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And do you think this is something that brands are really taking on board now? Because obviously, you know, there's been such, the world's been changing for a while, but in the last couple of years, it's really kind of accelerated. And I think brands are realizing where they weren't inclusive before and they weren't including, you know, women of different ages, of different colors, of different skin types, different body types. And I guess it's, you know, all due to the fact you know of how I know it's just not the typical beauty um standard has completely changed and I think that they've realized that and for you as a photographer yeah sorry gone sorry yeah I interrupted you sorry uh yeah I think that um 
people are looking for more authenticity in general. So mm -hmm. it's hard to say how it's part of the brand's journey or if it's just self-surfing on the vague of uh, on the on the trend of other people uh, looking for more authenticity. Um, so I think it depends on the brands, but I think it's also mostly the influence of uh, of the influence of social media. I think you have a right. lot of more representation of different types of people in general. I think that has a lot to do because when you have an influencer, that all of a sudden she's she's plus size or she's black or she's promoting a different types of beauty, and they have yeah. like I don't know how many thousands of followers. Of course, the brands are also uh, influenced by this. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually a question that I was wanting to ask you about how has the, you know, the influences changed the way that fashion photography is done? Because obviously now that, you know, the influences are the biggest thing in marketing for fashion, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's partly that. I think it's uh, a lot of people are there is this like dichotomy of social media you have on one side like everything is sort of fake you have the filters you have the everything yeah. both people inspiring other people to be themselves and to have different type of discussions and uh and seeing beauty in different ways and i think that it's it's uh the best and the worst <laughs> at the same time sort of uh and i think it's very interesting at least yeah, no, totally. Because you have got like, there is this side of it that's like the fakeness, but then there's other people doing incredible things. And I actually heard this term the other day. It was like, it, instead of influence, it was something like gen influencer or something where it's like people being more genuine. So they're actually going to have a different name um, mm -hmm. instead of being labeled as influencers. I can't remember what the term was exactly, but I was quite fascinated by that, that now it's like starting to change, you know. And how Instagram, for example, and Snapchat and, you know, all those other different social medias, how they are changing. Because at first it was very much the portrait of, you know, of this incredible life in some ways, not realistic life, because, you know, even if you do have quite a glamorous lifestyle, it's not always glamorous, right? So again, that has, has really changed. And do you think that change has become because of lockdown? Um, not necessarily. I think that even movie stars are having a different type of uh, relationship with uh, people who are following them. You can yeah. see also a lot of uh, artists are trying to be as genuine as possible. I think in, we are in, also in the era of sustainability and, and, and questioning how we consume and how we're treating other and the planet and everything like this. Yeah. Uh, I know, for example, that on, even on photo shoots, um, a lot of people are not necessarily the nicest in the fashion industry. And nowadays, like, this can't go <laughs> the same way as, as before. No. And I'm glad that's true. I think that nowadays, if someone is very difficult to work with, people are, are like, is it really worth working with them? Aren't there, like, other talented people out there that need the shots as well? So I think it's it's more like a genuine global thing as well. Right. And it's interesting you say that because the fashion industry does have this bad reputation of like being very cutthroat, competitive and, you know, people not being that nice. Well, I've met plenty of different people as well. And I think yeah, like, sure. 
even the I, I met like fantastic uh, uh, fashion stylists, for example, and and they're they're very genuine, but they feel like most of the time they have to kind of keep to themselves. And nowadays, I feel maybe more at ease. Sometimes it really depends on on people. And but I think like it's it's unfair to treat everybody the same in one industry. And I think uh, nowadays we have a lot more diversity in general. Yeah, absolutely, which is great. And what about the models? You know, how was that experience for you? I'm wondering if you've seen quite a difference from when you first started till now. Um, what are they like to work with? Because also, you know, I've heard a lot of different things about, you know, them being quite arrogant and them being the center of attention. So they kind of not have the excuse to be arrogant, but, you know, it's it's kind of like, oh, it's okay. I think it's the same as in every other thing in the rest of the industry. It's uh, You have very different types of people. Uh, I'm always kind of curious to see how people are in general. I can tend to go deep into conversation if I can. Of yeah. course, in photo shoots, I don't necessarily have the time or anything, but um, I tend to let people kind of be who, who, who whoever they are. Um, I had a lot of good surprises. I have uh, very few bad experiences, honestly. So um, I guess I'm lucky. Maybe it's something that, maybe it's a type of energy on my photo shoot. I like to work with friends as well. And mm -hmm. so I guess the atmosphere might be a bit more relaxed. Uh, also, it's not like I haven't done like huge um, uh, publicity or campaign, very stressful. It's more like um, editorial and stuff that where creativity is more center uh, right. of the project. So I've been very lucky to to have good experiences so far. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I mean, often these are just myths that we hear, right? But then when you're not involved in that industry, a lot of people think, oh, fashion is this, fashion is that. It's very frivolous. It's full of, you know, bitches. And, and to be honest, like I've had a very good experience in the amount of years that I've been working in the industry. So I've always been interested to hear about other people's opinions, you know, especially as like a fashion photographer being under stress in some ways, like you said, I mean, yeah, fair enough. You were doing more like the creative commercial shoots, but I guess maybe on a film set or something, things would be quite different because it's all about time, isn't it? Yeah, I think that uh, my experience has been a bit different when I did some videos is that I feel like, uh, comparing like the fashion photography with shooting shots, videos, experimental videos, there is a different understanding of um, patience. <laughs> it's not the same level. Right. <laughs> Things like that. You have to kind of want like a video is a big project. You can't be frivolous and you have to be stay focused because everybody's counting on you. And if someone's it's not like photo, you make a, f a bad photo, you can move on. Video is a, is a very time consuming and very, it's a bit different. So it's, yeah, I guess I have a bit of different experience doing videos, <laughs> which is interesting because I've worked with also um, filmmakers and, and you can see they had long, they expect sort of more uh, from, right. from them. So I think that was interesting. Uh, sorry, I kind of forgot what, what was your question? <laughs> no, that's okay. But like moving, well, going back to a bit about the models. So what's been your experience with models and like body image and their image in general? Have you found that they're very um, image conscious or are they quite relaxed or what's been your experience with that? 
So I can definitely see a difference between um, experience models and beginners models. Um, okay. I think that the, the best ones are very aware of like micro expressions and it's, it's like, it, I think that people kind of forget like, oh, it's a model, you just show up and try to be confident in front of a camera, but it's also like, especially if you're shooting beauty, just like half a centimeter one way, just a tiny bit of an expression in the eyebrow or something changes yeah. everything. Right. So it's, uh, it's a question of, of uh, experience and if, if they've worked with also like talented photographer who guide them before or if they're completely kind of new. But even if they're beginners, some, some are amazing and just like very at ease very quickly. And some, some it's hard to kind of get out of their habits because some of them are like used to pose a certain way, but right. you have a different approach to photography and it's sometimes a bit hard to like... Ask them to come into your territory, I guess. Right. Yeah. Of course. Because so when you're like directing a shoot, are you you know when you're working with the model, do you allow them just to do their thing, or or are you and the stylist directing more the shoot, or does it just depend? It depends. Some some models they kind of get right away what you're trying to do. Uh, and so I can leave a lot of uh, liberty and a lot of the time when I have to like micromanage it's because either I have like a specific idea in mind and I'm using a specific I have a specific composition in mind and then I will ask like and direct everything uh, or if they're very not if they don't know what to do kind of with themselves I would direct more I guess uh, right, but okay. it's collaboration so if I need to give more information. I will, in, if they can give me a lot of options and I haven't thought about, then it's great. Amazing. And do you think that there's still a lot of, you know, the eating disorders within the model industry or do you feel like that's changed a lot? Because, you know, like obviously back a long time ago now, especially in the 90s, the, the ideal figure was, you know, the Kate Moss and and the Linda Evangelista, like very torn and slim. And obviously now that's changed, but I'm wondering if, if also the way a lot of models feel about themselves and whether eating disorders are still, you know, very um, common in that industry. Uh, well, I, as I say, like when you don't, it's difficult to, to see in just one photo shoot if someone has an eating disorder. Yeah, or... obviously, yeah. Obviously, but I think that it's it's kind of funny. We kind of forget that most of most models are like barely eighteen, so they most of them are naturally skinny uh, because yeah. they are just still developing. Um, some if you're sixteen and you and you're naturally thin, it's maybe you won't be looking like this in ten years' time. For, uh, of course, you're probably yeah. not. Um, I, I've met kind of uh, different. Um, I've been comforted to different scenarios. I've, I've met models who would eat like a huge hamburger uh, <laughs> on this photo shoot, and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat like that. And I also met models who, who actually did not eat a lot of the food they were offered uh, as well. I think it's difficult to see. Uh, some people are just naturally thin. Some people are, are struggling with uh, eating disorder. It's not uh, always obvious on the first time you met them. Yeah, no, of course. And you said um, just now that a lot of the models are young. Is I know we mentioned at the beginning there is more diversity and inclusion, but are you still seeing a lot of young models or or, or are 
you know, fashion brands and advertising and brands in general using women of different ages and colors and skin type and body types? Yeah, we've been seeing more uh, inclusive, uh, uh, whether it's um, uh, age group, for example. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think I, I, I personally am I'm a fan of, um, if we have to have a more, uh, um, ideal uh, for beauty i think it's health and you can be healthy and and not be a, a size 34 and you can mm -hmm. be healthy and not be uh, uh 16 and you can be healthy and not be white uh, so i think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, to aim at something like this uh I that would be my wish for the fashion industry's health whether it's mental health physical health yeah, and just within the industry itself, not just for consumers, right? Just yeah. overall, yeah, absolutely. And we talked a little bit about retouching. You mentioned it before. I know that I've, when I've heard that word before, I've just gone, like my mind just goes completely to, oh, Photoshop and like they're going to change my image. Um, because most of us think that in magazines, oh yeah, that's Photoshop. She's got no cellulite. She's got none of this. Can you just shed a bit of light on what an actual retoucher does and and just share with us a bit more about that so that we don't have misconceptions about what that actually is? Yeah, I think that, as you say, people think, oh, you're going to make models skinny. And sometimes it's actually the opposite. Sometimes we have models that are too skinny and you can see all the bones and it's not attractive because it's it, it's very, it's promoting not a healthy image, I think. So mm. a lot of the time I'm not making them thinner, I'm just making them slightly bit health, looking healthier. Um, so that could be something. But for example, like as far as retouching goes, uh, I think the most retouch thing you could see uh, on a magazine would be like perfumes, for example, just the perfume. I'm not talking body, I'm talking just like uh, still life photography. <laughs> oh, wow is extremely retouched all the sh all the shines in the glass in the in the every bit of it is, is uh, highly retouched so when people think like, oh you're promoting poor body image like i'm retouching watches and cars and <laughs> so that can be also retouching i think uh as any other part of this industry can be super healthy or super unhealthy if you if, but also, we also have to remember that as retouchers, um, we fall, we are treated as technicians. Okay. We are not treated as having a say in how final image look. Usually you have uh, the brand or the artistic, artistic director doing a brief asking mm -hmm. for stuff. So if the brand and the artistic director is asking for the model to look skinnier. We kind of don't have a say if we still want to work. So it's not oh. necessarily uh, what I, I would not make someone skinnier if I'm not asked to. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I'm not changing the shape of the nose if nobody asks. I'm trying to stay, stay as natural as possible. Um, and I think like uh, we kind of forget that, for example, when I retouch a portrait, I want to keep as much as the natural beauty and what just right. uh you can change things without changing the person for example like if 
the shadow doesn't fall perfectly. And for example, like, there is like a light coming back and then you can't see the jawline. I'm not changing the jawline, I'm just adding a shadow so it will look more homogeneous and more uh, appealing. Or very little things like that that don't change the person, just change the feel of the photo. Right, yeah. So it's like you're fine-tuning. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought about perfumes and watches and stuff being retouched as in like transformed it's quite interesting but yeah most retouched things for sure yeah but do you get a lot of like art directors or creative directors saying to you can you make this woman or individual thinner or is that not really such of a big thing now i think it depends on the on the brands you have brands that specifically ask us not to change the body shape especially okay. in France, yeah. for example um if you nowadays if you change the shape of the body you have to add uh, oh this is a retouched photo even though all photos are retouched <laughs> <laughs> anyway fair enough um and i think it's interesting because it was for a uh, lingerie sh uh, Lingerie or swimwear, I can't remember, a famous French brand for lingerie, I think. Mm -hmm. And we were not allowed to change the shape of the body at all. But we were allowed to change the texture of the skin and to change a lot of stuff that don't, you don't have to put like, this is a retouched photo and you can still do this. So I think it's like not very fair. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit ambiguous, isn't it? Oh, this is not a touched body, but... The rest but is, yeah, it is. it's like, yeah, but still it is. Yeah. No, it's, it's an, I mean, it's an interesting debate to discuss. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I guess, cause we all, well, a lot of women, especially are quite affected in some ways by magazines, you know, like, oh, she looks perfect. I don't look like that. Or I wish I could look like that. When you know, it's not as real as um, we think it is. And I think, you know, Instagram was like that. Now it's becoming less like that. And, but again, then we've got the filters that we can actually use um, as people that are consuming Instagram. What do you think of, you know, the fact that there's all these different beauty apps and different filters that we can use on Instagram and TikTok and whatever? Uh, I was really frightened when I heard that uh, now when you, a lot of women goes to their um, plastic surgeon and ask for to look more like their selfie with the filter oh, on, God. I thought that was really scary for me. I think selfie, especially when you're, well, I'm 34, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm okay with who I am now, but when you're developing and you're like 16 and you're, everybody's using filter and they, and even if you don't want to use filter, all of a sudden you feel like you're slightly off of the rest of the your friends and things mm. like that. I think it can be scary as a de developmental uh, steps uh, to, to be always filter and things like that. You have you. I don't see how not to get uh, body image issues uh, when you're 16 and and everybody's using filter. Um, so I think it's it's. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of filters. I think if it's just, if it completely changes the, your face, uh, it's becoming more and more dangerous. Uh, I, I like filters yeah. when they're like really creative and oh, fun. fun. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always like at some point you have to draw the line somewhere. It's very difficult to, um, I, I, I'm not against filter, but 
they can I understand how they can be extremely dangerous for body image. Yeah, absolutely, and mental health as well. And like younger, younger people, you know, comparing themselves of like what they look like with a filter, what they look like when they look in the mirror and then when they go to these, you know, beauty apps and they can rearrange their whole body and their face, you know, it's, it is scary, but I don't even, I think it's scary for young people. I also think it's, it's scary for older people as well, because then you get into get the getting older and how you feel about aging. And so I think also it, it can cause a lot of problems, not just when you're young, but throughout our whole how whole lives really because there is so much pressure to look good and you know have the perfect skin and the perfect eyes long eyelashes or you know whatever it is there's always I guess we can always be looking for something that we want to have you know or that we think we don't have and so being able to use these filters is like this instant gratification of like oh yeah I look good at the moment but then if you're using them all the time for example on Instagram and then you meet people in real life. It's like, I don't know why, we, why do we want, my big question is why do we want to modify ourselves so much? Like all these apps are just creating, you know, or cultivating within, within us this insecurity of we're not good enough as who we are. Just like the media did back in, you know, in the eighties and nineties when I think photos were more photoshopped and were more retouched then and like the ideal woman was stick thin and you know it's like we're constantly you know listening seeing and hearing messages subliminal messages of how we're not good enough as we are so it's it's da it's dangerous yeah of course it's dangerous I think also that it's I'm con I'm kind of wondering how this is true with photography because I, I think that it kind of has been true even way before Photoshop. Um, because I studied also um, art history. And mm -hmm. if you look at like paintings or, or sculpture, like um, you, you already have this idea of like, let's try to aim at perfection and, and let's take nine different models and take the best part of them and do a sculpture of the ideal woman and all of this all of these i think that uh the problem is the maybe the way it's consumed right now like people assume that photo is real reality i think that photo is not reality <laughs> at all it's just documents <laughs> it's just a right creative expression it's just document uh but people uh wants to identify photo as being the real deal, the real, the truth, uh, when I think it's, that's the dangerous part, um, because I don't think that's true at all, uh, but we are in the consumerism world where photo has been the most important medium so far, media so far, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And what would you say, Axel, to your, if you bumped into your 16-year-old self, what would you say to her? Huh, <laughs> good question. Um, for uh, About body image? Just in general, yeah. I mean, obviously everything we've talked about to do with, you know, body image and appearance and image. And, and I guess, well, most of, 
97% of women suffer from body image issues in their lives. I mean, I think we all go through it at some point, maybe more than once in our lives. You know, like I said before, as we get older, things change as well about how we feel. But if you could bump it, you know, if you bumped into your 16-year-old self just walking down the street. So I, I think maybe a lot of people can relate to that. I think that's when you're 16, you're, by definition, you're quite kind of trying to understand who you are in the group, understand who you are in society. And I mm -hmm. think that's, that's why you have so many, you compare yourself a lot to other people. And when you grow older, you get, hopefully you get more at ease with who you are. And, and then you kind of look at you, back at yourself. You kind of want to say, um, enjoy, enjoy what you have now because you still have a lot going on that's great. And, and someday you're going to have like, uh skinny your skin is not gonna be as tight and you're not gonna be as <laughs> as young forever and and everything yeah. like that so enjoy what you have when you have it yeah it's a great one absolutely and it was funny the other day i saw i think it was on instagram i saw um some girl do like a reels or something and she said it was something like at 16 you were never happy with the way you looked then at 20 you were criticizing um, your hips and you wanted wider hips and a bigger bum. And then at 30, you wanted, um, X, Y, Z. And then at 40, and then it, and then it was like an older woman saying, why were you never grateful for those moments? You know, like all the different ages and the moments that we live through, it's always like, we're looking for something better. You know, and we never appreciate where we really are on, on many levels. Mm hmm. Hmm. And my yeah. final yeah. question, sorry, go on, go on. Get wiser with age and you accept more, but uh, yeah, as you say, be grateful for what you have when you have it. It's, it's great advice, I think. Yeah, I think so. So my final question is, if you could sit down with anyone and have a chat with them, who would it be and why? Hello. I think I would love to have a chat with David Lynch. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. I think that um, I love the fact that he doesn't like to explain his movies or anything like this. And um, I choose him because it's, it's, uh, it's, how, it's about not necessarily trying to understand everything and just trying to to experience uh, something. And I think like most people want to, to have everything figured out and to understand A plus B and have a very linear way of looking at things. And I think that uh, it's, it's also good to not understand everything and just like appreciate whatever is in front of you. So I would say yeah. him. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I also am a fan of his too. Wonderful. So Axel, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Can you just tell our listeners where they can find you online? Uh, yes. So I think Instagram is still the best platform for me. So you can find uh, especially my fashion and portrait work at, uh, on Instagram at Axel Monfrini. And I'm the same name everywhere. So my website is Axel Monfrini. On Facebook, I'm Axel Monfrini. So Axel Monfrini everywhere. Okay, wonderful. I'll put everything in the show notes anyway so that people can find you very easily. So thank you once again. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Bye.
Awesome. Nice to see you again. Hope to see ciao. you soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the Loose Dotes podcast. Rate and review in the Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. I'd be so grateful. Also, check out the show notes to learn more about my guest and learn more about me on my website, www.loosestokes.com. Until next time, be inspired, take action, and become your own icon.